This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. How many days are you gonna wait before you tie the knock down? How many days is it gonna take to side a walk away now? Everybody and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Rehab Podcast. We're here today to talk about 90 Day Fiance The Other Way, episodes 17, 18, and 19. Now, I know that sounds like a huge order, sounds overwhelming. Let me be the first one to assure you that having watched the three episodes back to back to back in one sitting, there is about as much information as one episode of regular 90 Day. So you're not going to be overwhelmed. It's all going to be good. Welcome aboard the Hot Mess Express. I am your host and conductor, Priya Zen McKeely, ready to guide you through what, again, might look tough, but is not that tough. And with me today to make sure that we have calm waters and great vibes is the incredible co-host of mine from Traders Canada. It's Brian Scally. Scally, how are you doing? Oh, hello. Hello. I'm good. I'm so happy. My merman tail came in the mail. I'm having a great time. So uh, nothing can bother me now. There we go. As long as you've got your merman tail, you should be good to go then. Good to know. (laughs) Yeah, this is very fascinating because like I said, I hadn't been, I've been very busy. So when we made the decision to go bi-weekly, I was like, all right, I'll watch these in a second. And then they stacked up. I watched all three this morning, Scally, with my morning coffee. (laughs) And it went relatively smoothly. I got to say, it went by very quick. Mm -hmm. I feel like the episodes really worked well together we got a Mm -hmm. bunch of storylines i was happy because when i would come in and it would just be the one hour of content sometimes i wouldn't get to talk about some of the couples um that are on the show i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. say uh you know whether i strongly like or dislike almost anyone here uh but you know some of the couples that are around and i feel like we got a very complete storyline for a lot of these people yeah, I mean, except for Kenny and Armando, who through three episodes had all of three minutes, uh, everybody <laughs> else had a healthy bit of storyline added to them. Agreed. Yeah, well, let's stick to the to the mermaid of it all. Let's go to Holly and Wayne, who through three episodes, I would argue, potentially had the least cumulative after Kenny and Armando. Because I would agree. Yeah, we see that Wayne has gone back to work now. Obviously, they did marry the last we saw them. And Holly's mom has now left the country and gone back to the States. They've been together for three months now. They're not in a good place financially. And therefore, Wayne is working a whole lot. And Holly is struggling to adapt to living there and making it her home. She mentions that she is someone who is a very social being and, you know, has friends, support system, goes out, does stuff, but can't really do that here and also cannot work here. So she's basically home and she's struggling with the adjustment to uh, living in South Africa. Yeah, it's been tough. I mean, just 
being home alone all day, not knowing anyone, not knowing like where to go, what to do, not feeling like super safe and secure, like all of that is overwhelming enough alone, let alone when we start getting into uh, any other issues Holly might be having. Yeah, it's it just seems like they got together, they got married, and now Wayne has been basically just working away with like long days. And she's at home. She's alone. She doesn't have anybody. And also the power goes out often. She mentions later on that they're lucky if they have power five hours a day at points because the uh, stuff has been getting tough there. So this is predominantly most of the storyline. Uh, but then the next episode we see them, we do see that it's been a couple of weeks since her mom left. She gets a package in the mail. It's her mermaid tail. And this is really going to help switch energies around and give her good, positive feelings. Uh, but Scally, I have a suspicious feeling that this mermaid tail was not enough. This was so funny to me, though, because, uh, you know, she gets it. I, I think it's an interesting buy. Um, but when Wayne then is like, you haven't even been in the pool. The pool's not even ready. <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, what the hell is happening here? Like, that's so much funnier. <laughs> that's like, I got this mermaid tail. I can't go in the pool. Not, not an option. <laughs> no, absolutely not an option. And it seems like these two are going to have a lot of hardship coming their way because later on, and this is the thing with watching three episodes, I guess the big difference is the big time jumps we're getting because we, I started episode 17 and it had been three months. Fast forward to episode 19. It's been four months. We just skipped a whole week through in the a whole month in the middle. And we had no, nothing to little updates, but we do see Holly get to her breaking point where the power goes out and then right as it goes out, Wayne is coming home. And when Wayne comes in, she's like, yeah, I'm going back to America. And you can come with me if you want. I, I just can't be here anymore. I need to leave. This was wild. Um, I mean, not going to lie. I don't really like them together. So I was like, good. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, this was uh, we progressed very quickly on the show. Obviously, there are big time jumps for this and many other couples uh, that we're going to be talking about. But we went from like the electricity is out for most of the day obviously being a big problem there are you know how many shows to binge now and i get five hours a day to try to do all of that can't happen um so uh i completely understand why this would be so difficult and my problem being like holly is saying I want to feel safe and valid, valid thing. <laughs> but like, I want you to support me and I would never be attracted to you if you like, let me like basically contribute uh, or support you. And I uh, like have these like financial needs, but also you're working too much and I never see you. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, we got to come to some type of compromise, unfortunately. Yeah. And I felt like anytime she brought anything up, Wayne was just getting super defensive and potentially insulted that she wanted to leave and he also by the pool had said that you know she's not really giving this a fair shot and i thought when she's been here three months man like she's been here three months and he's like well i have friends that you can hang out with you well they're not my friends i don't have anything in common with them and he's like well that's not because you're not giving it a fair shot so it seems like now we're gonna end up being in a position where she's going to hit him with the ultimatum of we're gonna go to the states you can come with me let's have our life there and I don't know if Wayne is willing to embark on this journey with her. Mm -mm. Yeah, I, I mean, 
like Holly and her mom seem to have an extremely close relationship as Wayne and his dad do. And I think that they both uh, feel some sense of responsibility, some uh, and also just like a like need to be close to them. And I think that Holly is realizing that and Wayne like always knew that. So I am struggling to see how this is going to work out. Yeah, I feel like there's a world where also Wayne doesn't quite want to relinquish control of the uh, of the relationship and feels like moving to America would put him in a position where he can't work and he's going to struggle, which is very fair. But also it's very funny to me knowing that, oh, you're the things you're worried about with going to the U.S. are the exact same thing she's going through with here. He does correctly point out that, you know, she's the one who agreed to come here to live here. And I guess part of him was thinking, well, that was set and now it's not set and he doesn't know how to handle that. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like having the most control, I'm like, all right, you'd be fine with half, except that Holly has made it clear that she doesn't want that either. Um, So I understand the concerns of like, that is what makes me understand the concerns of like, how is this going to work if you don't want me to relinquish control to you, but also, I would have to, <laughs> like, in some measures of our life for at least the time period. Uh, so, it, like, it's an impossible situation that they're in, unfortunately. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, they're not going to really make sense of it unless they proper talk about it. And I feel like right now they're still not at a place to properly talk about it. The final next time on uh, had them fighting some more. So that'll be exciting to see. And by that, I mean, not fun to see. So... <laughs> Uh, like like you, I very much share the same sentiment of I don't really care for these two as a couple. So anytime they're fighting, I'm just like, ugh, okay, all right. I mean, some pretty heavy words were thrown out in the preview. <laughs> so um, quote some. Uh, I what was it? <laughs> I wish we never got married. <laughs> so that seems pretty heavy. Pretty heavy. Like, pretty, yeah. pretty heavy. I would say. <laughs> yeah, not ideal. Um. So I again, I'm just like. You know, it, there's a clock ticking. I'm waiting for this one to end, uh, and I will maybe cheer on its demise <laughs> based on what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we will be there, <laughs> basically. Um, now, I do apologize if if you do hear any sirens in the background throughout this podcast. Let me assure you, I am fine. It just feels like the city might be in shambles, even though I don't think it is. But it is what it is. All right, let's now move over. Speaking of shambles, let's go to Danielle and Johan who, again, three episodes, essentially the same thing over and over again. Um, But let's dip into it. So the last time we had seen them, they had gone to couples therapy. They had done some counseling. Or was it a life coach? There was something of the sort. They had seen someone to talk to someone about their issues. This was now a month ago. We just time jump a month later. And it seems like things are going well because Johan found a job. He's like on the uptick. However, Scally. Uh, Danielle finds out that Johan's been pulling $40 out of the account and has done this a couple of times. She goes to her bank account and notices this. And my immediate thought was, she said it was disgusting. I was like, oh no, I just watched 90 Day Proper. Is this like an OnlyFans subscription? Is he online cheating? What is he doing? No, he's been, he's pulled $40 four times for a total of $160, which she does say is not a big deal. However, when she confronted him about this, he denied doing this and lies. And then when she pulls out the receipts, he feels like she was humiliating him over 40 bucks and felt very insulted by it. 
Yeah. Um, the issues to lying for me, especially here, uh, like he talks about how like, oh, yeah, she left it on the table. So I knowingly took it, took it and I hit it and I like did this and I never thought she would notice. So like the intent was there to hide this, to lie. And so that's the real problem here. You know, eventually it seems like he convinces her that, oh, I just thought that it would be fine since we're married. And she buys that for a time. Uh, but this is you know, back-to-back couples where I am just watching it fall apart in seemingly the real time. <laughs> yeah, seemingly in real time. And and personally, I'm just like, let's just, yeah, break up because I need to move on. I would Remember? like to move on. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Remember what was seemingly three days ago uh, in real time where they were like, we're going to have a baby. <laughs> like, what? <Yeah. laughs> they were looking at the, the options and how to go about that. And then you think with him getting a job, things are good. But not only is it the lying scally, I think the other big part is that Johan is continuing to beat the same old drums where he keeps saying, you know, I have put all my money in this relationship. I'm spending, I'm not paying a single dime in rent moving forward. And she's like, well, that's not going to happen. You need to leave if you're not doing that. And he's like, no, that's not going to like, that's not the case. Like you said, I would have my papers. You said I would have, I'd be taken care of. And since I've been with you, you just want to rent and not buy. And I was like, not this shit again. Like I really cannot handle us talking about the same fight over. Like I've watched snippets of the relationship and I'm exhausted. And I'm not in the goddamn relationship. (laughs) Well, that is the thing. I mean, for anyone who does not remember, maybe didn't watch their first season, Danielle did come and say like, yeah, I'm moving here and I haven't told him and he thinks we're moving to New York and that's not happening. So (laughs) she lied too. Uh, And so where he has these unrealistic expectations, there is the smallest part of me that is always thinking, you kind of did set this up for failure, Danielle. Like you mm-hmm. did give him unrealistic expectations. They were not what he has now built up in his head, but it does not surprise me that he is throwing back at you. Okay. Well, you told me we were moving to America and we are not doing that. So uh, then yes, I'm going to adjust my expectations and you should also deal with them. <laughs> like because yeah. I'm told, being told to deal with them. Yeah. I feel like, Basically, the way Johan accepted that she's moving there was, okay, you're moving here. You're going to provide. Cool. Sick. That nice. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, because in Johan's mind, his vision has always been step one, go to the States. Step two, work in the States. Step three, profit. And obviously, <laughs> we've discussed this at length. That's pretty unrealistic because we know the bills, the rent is going to be way higher than what they're paying there. And even though the payment might be more, the fact is a lot of that payment more of it will be going towards this stuff anyway. So they'd be in the exact same issue, just in a different country. But here he's basically like, no, you said you want to live here, right? Provide then make it happen. And she's not having any of this. Now, what was confusing because we kept seeing next time on's about it is this. Why are they in Christmas gear? Why is he dressed like Santa? Why is she dressed like an elf? What is happening? So we, in order to figure that out, we have to go to this last episode, episode 19, and then time jump a whole other month since the money debacle. And Johan came up with this lovely idea that he would dress up as Santa and they would give kids gifts around the neighborhood. And they, they set up a website and they had some American friends and American people like, you know, pay for some gifts for some children. And this is going to be sweet. This is going to be nice. However, in the midst of putting the gifts together, 
uh, Danielle says, listen, I'm going to need the January rent soon. And he's like, well, that's not happening. I have spent like 76, I don't have 76,000 pesos to just give up. And uh, that's not, I, all I have is debts and I'm not going to help. She's like, and then he keeps saying, you've helped me with nothing. I'm like, Johan, listen, brother, I've watched your show. I have seen the apartment you're in now. And I've seen where y'all were staying at before. I know that she's definitely provided. And I know that it's been joint at points, but you were not working for a big portion of this time. So I know that a lot of it is from her as well. She mentions that she pays for his Zumba classes. And then in the, oh my God, Scally, and the next time on, we see him trying to take all the clothes that she had bought and like, you're not taking those clothes. No. It's like, well, what are you going to do with them? Just let him take the clothes, make it like give up and move. You cut the losses on the clothes. I feel like gifts are gifts. I don't think that she has any grounds there. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, unfortunately for her, uh, like I understand the frustration where he is trying to throw every bit of money uh, in her face. So she's trying to do the same, but like, uh, you know, gifts are gifts. You really don't have an option there. Um, And I mean, I don't know what uh, legal standing she may have there but i here i don't think that she would really have a whole lot now i mean the thing is even in this collection great idea awesome it seems super cool they did talk about how yes people buy the gifts but then they pay the shipping costs who's paying those shipping costs <laughs> like they, you know if she agreed to go ahead and take those on great but uh is a large portion of johan's money actually going there and that's why he doesn't have money to now be paying rent should that have been discussed before <laughs> like we agreed to uh do this and so um you know, it is 75,000 pesos, which uh, I believe it's Dominican pesos. So it comes out to roughly $1,300 a month currently, I believe is what it is. Still a pretty sizable portion, regardless of what their total rent is. Um, mm-hmm. So it was just like, this feels, uh, you've had so many issues over like 40 American dollars in the past. Why was all of this seemingly not going to be an issue? Like, I don't know how I would get to this point and be so confident it was going to work out. Well, but from whose side? Danielle's. <laughs> oh, I listen, I 100% agree because I feel like Danielle also came in with unfair expectations of she's got all this money that she's gotten from the US and she's bringing it here, which will obviously go a lot further than the money he's making to stay at the place they're staying there. I feel like, again, not great from Danielle either. Uh, ultimately it's just with, with when you are a couple and you are in a position where you are not going to have a joint account, you're not going to have joint financial decisions and you've decided we're going to see it as we're together, but our money's separate, but we're going to come together to pay for stuff. I feel like you've left yourself open to this position where there's going to be tit for tat. Nope. That was with my money. This is, well, you know, obviously we had seen them talk about how, uh, Johan would pay her cash and then she would use that cash to do some like pay some bills but then he wouldn't see that as we're using our share it was well you we used my money on the rent and on this where's your money going and when she's like well on food this 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 he doesn't see it that way because he's not physically seeing her money leave the account whereas his is in cash so it's complex I feel like when you're coming into a relationship you know Brandon's mom in, in the later segment says something about love isn't enough. And truly, if you're trying to make a relationship work, there are so many different things you need to talk about and be on the same page for. And finances are a big part of it in our society. So uh, they were not ready for this. We are not ready for what's about to happen because Skelly, he grabs her dog on the way out. 
He's trying oh to take God. Gizmo. Yeah, no, I'd be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> no, done. Yeah, there's no way. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. No, the clothes. Like, goodbye, Danielle. Like they're, they're going. Like I'm sorry. The dog. No, you're not leaving this apartment. It's not happening. Yeah. So we'll see how it how they fare with this and and where it goes. It's gonna get ugly. But when that time comes, we will obviously discuss it. Now. Speaking of a couple that we don't really see often, it's time to talk about Kenny and Armando for a fleeting second, Scally. We do see them meeting with their surrogate, Hema, who they're looking to, uh, you know, potentially have a baby with. And we find out that they had met yesterday in an official capacity, but today they're meeting her to get to know her more and talk to her a little bit more about everything. And I thought, wow, the fact that you've had three episodes and you didn't choose to have us see them meet for the first time Shows how little we have going on with Kenny Armando's story or how much they're willing to have us see. Yeah, like we've said, they're like the feel good, nice little break couple. And I think their position on the seasons are valuable. Um, but with Kenny Armando, it does also feel like maybe we're forcing storylines sometimes. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I thought that was the case with, are we going to have a baby or not? Because I was like, all right, there's no way they're having a baby. And this is just a back and forth. that's not going to result in anything yet. Here we are all of a sudden we are meeting with surrogates. And this was a place that I did not think we would end up, but it's very heartwarming. I really enjoyed the scene. <laughs> oh, I did as well. Every time they're on my screen, I'm happy, which is why I'm upset that I'm not being allowed to be happier by having more of them and less of say a holly and wayne or a especially a danielle and johan so hema is lovely she so they did say that she does speak english so she's bilingual and so we don't need any translation here everything is spoken out loud and they just wanted to make sure that they're on the same page with the surrogacy and armando brings up that you know uh, there's some women in his family that after they told them about their plans they don't understand how a woman would do this, a.k.a. give up their baby. And Hema says that I understand that I'm going to make a bond with this baby and I'm going to probably struggle with it. But I have time to mentally prepare for it because the way I see it is this is a gift I'm giving to you to start your family. And overall, it was a very emotional conversation because as Hema's explaining what she would do, she says, you know, when I was pregnant with my kids, I would have them listen to music. I would read to them while I was pregnant. And uh Armando starts welling up and Armando explains that this is exactly how Hannah's mom was with Hannah. So these are tears of joy. Kenny then has one comment that made me laugh out loud. <laughs> Kenny was like, I love emotional people. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> Kenny, great. Thanks for your commentary. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is very cute. Very much enjoyed this. Well, I was not clear. I don't know if she's also the egg donor. They do talk about how um, surrogacy is much less common in Mexico. And so when she started getting more emotional, I was worried that they would get a little bit worried because she's never done this before and maybe mm-hmm. they would read that as oh she's gonna have a harder time than we thought she may have um but it ended up being more so reassuring that she's going to like do the absolute best by their future child um mm-hmm. and just like treat this pregnancy with the utmost care and so it was really encouraging i thought it was so cute and i swear if we show up next season and hema's nowhere to be found and they're like oh this is marge i'm like where's hema please why did you introduce <laughs> me to her <laughs> so now you know, i'm attached like, yeah, like they're like, oh, she's going to be a part of our family moving forward if we use her. It's like, no, what are those, this if? 
<laughs> yeah, I feel like um, that's a great question you bring up because I remember when they were looking for at egg donors, uh, the descriptions they had put out was that they both were looking for someone, but now Hema didn't stand up, but there's a very tall woman. So I don't know if, if Hema's just the surrogate and they have another, like a, another person is the egg donor. So I don't, I'm not sure about that. Next time on though, Scally, we're going to see them go back to the clinic to deposit their sperm samples. Mm, yes, they are. Um, uh, God, I don't even remember the quote that <laughs> was said. There was some uh, dirty jokes being thrown around. It's memory. Kenny. You know there's going to be dirty jokes thrown around <laughs> for sure. My man has zero chill. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, though, what do I do? I mean, I know what to do. I'm like, okay, Kenny, <laughs> we get it. <laughs> Just go in there and handle your business. <laughs> no one else needs to talk about this, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, they're happy. It seems like everything's on the up and up with them. And I had this realization, Scally. So this is, we're talking 17, 18, this is episode 19 of the show. And believe it or not, this is the exact same show that had um, Kirsten on it from wow. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like five seasons ago. <laughs> it really does feel like five. It feels like it was a whole different show. But they've literally not been in the show for 11 episodes. And Ken Andromeda still can't get a frame of footage in yes. edgewise. Like they're just, they're just on the fringes here. They're going to show up at the reunion and like, man, I got no thoughts. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who are you? Okay. Also, speaking of reunion, genuinely cannot tell you where we are on the timeline. I have no idea at this point. Everything's warped. Everything's lost. Uh, we're 19 episodes deep and you could tell me this is going to go on. For, this is the halfway point, And I believe you. Yeah, uh, when I show up to cover episodes 35 and 36, <laughs> we will check back in and still not know where the reunion is. Yeah, because obviously with the big time jumps too, with uh, we've we've talked about this, but with 90 Day OG, there's the 90 Day timeline that is in the title that you can follow. So, for example, Rob and Sophie are on day 70. Gino and Jasmine are day 84. It's like, okay, they still have a lot of storyline to go. But here it's like, yeah, it's been five months since our counseling. I'm like, oh, that was yeah. that was last week. Okay, cool. Which is uh, strange because especially with like Danielle and Johan, it's like it's been six months since you last saw us. It's like, weren't you on TV three months ago? Like, uh, did I just meet you? Like, when, there were six months between last season and this season. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, the the continuity in the storylines on 90 Day the Other Way are <laughs> tied together with very, very, very thin string. <laughs> and not so much something binding. Mm -mm, not at all. Yeah. So let's take a quick break. When we get back, we'll dip into the next three couples who had a lot more storyline to cover. And we'll begin with Brandon and Mary. All right, Scally. So it's time to go to the Philippines and go back to Brandon and Mary. We had seen that Brandon's mom had gotten to the Philippines at this point. And the last time we saw them, things were not going well. Mary felt like Brandon's mom wants nothing to do with me, isn't talking to me. Brandon's mom was very standoffish. And meanwhile, Brandon was like, okay, now hug. And that didn't happen. So <laughs> they really were on shaky grounds. But I will say, holistically speaking, I'm very happy with how this is turning out. Um, yeah, there are still concerns. I think Mary voices some well, of those for concerns. How it's turning out with Brandon's mom specifically, not so much yes. Brandon himself. 
Yeah, in general, I mean, I will say when I started the expectations of this couple at a negative 10 and now they're at like a six, I'm like, whoa, like huge <laughs> game changer with these two. Um, So Brandon's mom coming in. Uh, I mean, the hug was a big ask. I think eye contact was even a little much for her and Mary at the beginning. But seeing where we've ended up with these two, I'm like, oh, my, can we just watch them? Like, can this be the new like mother daughter relationship? Like, that's what we're going to watch moving forward. Um, sign me up for that. I am down to watch Mary form a relationship with Brandon's mom more than Mary and Brandon form a relationship. Same. But I left the last episode really feeling like I don't want her to leave because I feel like she's actually been a great mediator. For the couple and without her there i don't know how much i'm gonna be keen to see brandon for the 18th time play mobile video games instead of <laughs> have a wife and soon-to-be daughter look mobile video games can be fun but Is that fun uh, depends. I don't know. Listen, back into Bloons Tower Defense. It's been a good time. Uh, I'm on, I'm on a Pokemon <laughs> Go kick, and it's been great for me getting my daily steps in. Make no mistake. But uh, you know, the phone's got to charge at some point, <laughs> right? Like, you got to do some stuff. Potentially, yeah, I have a ten foot charger. What about it? Um, so <laughs> <laughs> he bought a hundred foot charger. He's walking around the house holding it at all times, anywhere. That he I goes. believe. Oh my uh, god. Yeah, I honestly. We didn't see all that much of Brandon for like stretches of these because, mm -hmm. um, you know, he is dealing with his mom first getting there. And there were concerns based on like how she was talking about the houses in the Philippines that she was seeing. Like, oh, my God, so much poverty and so much. That it was like, all right, like you sound not great, to be honest, coming in here. <laughs> not my favorite, uh, but does seem like she's adjusted her expectations when she went to the house uh went to the house were uh surpassed it was a, an actual like a, in her opinion like she was much less concerned after seeing you know the bugs were not great for her but otherwise it seemed like it was going a little smoother i would say so yeah i feel like the bugs for me would have also been an issue so oh my god <laughs> yeah i'm hearing um is that motorcycles yeah it's like what is going <laughs> on it's like two in the afternoon y'all need to chill <laughs> i've heard like every noise you could hear i'm irritated i'm sorry um so with yeah so sorry what were you saying i, I got thrown off yeah, we were saying the bugs <laughs> were an issue oh, so they might be for you i would have also suffered with the bugs i'm very i'm a person who is very jumpy and gets very scared easy so seeing a spider seeing spider exoskeleton seeing a lizard i'd be the same as her i'd be struggling hard but Hey, she, she's a trooper. She made it through. No problem. They did give her their room, which uh, Brandon did say is relatively bug free. And then they ended up finding a spider, a lizard and a spider exoskeleton. So maybe not as bug free. But if that's bug free, then she don't want to be in the rest of the house for sure. Now, Scally, last time we had talked about 90 Day, Brandon and Mary, specifically Brandon, had cooked up this plan to collect some frogs and prank his mom by feeding her frogs and telling her it's baby chickens. This was the worst prank of all time because if anything, Brandon's mom was so relieved that it was not baby chickens and that it was frogs. 
honestly i think the prank might have been better than they intended like Mm -hmm. you're eating baby chickens just kidding it's something that you have no problem with like that is oh okay there's a happy surprise (laughs) rather than like oh this is something like i have made it known i don't want to eat frogs and you tricked me into eating something like that i think is a much more questionable prank so um something that i was a little concerned about ended up a little happier Yeah, I agree. I mean, this would have just added so much stress to the relationship. And already with Brandon and Mary not being in a good place, um, you really could have seen it be a bad thing for them. Like this could have just made the relationship between Mary and mom worse, but it made it better because she loved it. She loved what Mary had cooked. So this is all good. This is all great. And ultimately, that is a great thing. Now, obviously, later we do see them. uh, They had a fight. Okay. And with this fight, it all had to do with the finances and the fact that Brandon's not helping. He's playing his video games. But all of this fight, Scally, is happening a day before the wedding. Yeah, that's what's tough. And um, some added context we did get here is like we had known that Brandon's mom had struggled uh, with drugs in the past mm-hmm. and that she is now clean. I did not know that it was as recently as 18 months. So the relationships that are being rebuilt here are very fresh. Yeah. Um, and she is also very freshly uh, out of, uh, you know, not out of her addiction, but still like in the recovery process. So um, the fact that she is uh, like, you know coming and rebuilding these relationships and like doing this so uh well and uh really just like jumping right back into a role as like a mother figure uh with someone that she has a strained relationship with like very big thumbs up very positive on her especially there as well Mm -hmm. um but so i and then obviously we have from mary where she is uh has her issues with abandonment specifically with her parents so watching her build a relationship with brandon's mom has just been very heartwarming as well so while it being the night before the wedding is very concerning uh and i don't have a ton of faith that brandon is going to change overnight considering how we've had this argument once or twice or three times before uh it was watching again mary and his mom's relationship develop has been the highlight of some of these episodes yeah i would agree with that as well we do get the scene where um they got the sonogram from the they went to got a sonogram for the doctor and the doctor hid the gender of the baby in an envelope and once again the prankster that is brandon thought this will be fun (laughs) how about so so mary thinks the baby's going to be a boy so I said, I'm going to bet it's a girl. And if the baby's a boy, I get a pie in the face. If the baby's a girl, she gets a pie in the face. And they wanted this gender reveal to be with his mom so that the mom and Mary can bond. And this is where we really started seeing the two of them bond. And she was very blunt with them. She says, uh, listen, you both come from a dysfunctional environment and Love is not going to be enough for this relationship. You need to work on this together. I recommend individual therapy so you can both figure out your your issues and then how you can tackle that in a relationship to make sure you have the best possible life for this baby. And Mary was very receptive to this, which I loved. And as was Brandon. Well, obviously, Brandon was going to say yes, always. But I really felt like I trusted Mary in this. And I don't know how much I trust Brandon in it. Yeah, I was very concerned with the whole uh, smashing pie in the face. <laughs> like, okay, please do not let Brandon's mom smash Mary in the face with a pie. That does not seem like we are going to uh, keep no. up the good progress that we have made. <laughs> uh, Brandon does go uh, very hard with that pie all over her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which I was a little surprised about. Uh, mm, 
surprised. And then I was like, oh, it's Brandon, of course. <laughs> so uh, that does happen. Now, I will say, when we came in here at the beginning of the season and talked about how, oh, this couple is extremely toxic on both ends, and they think it's magically going to get better when they get in person, and that these insecurities are going to go away, and they're going to magically mature, that's not going to happen. For the most part, Mary has done a very good job <laughs> of uh, growing and, you know, seeming to uh, handle her insecurities better, at least outwardly, that we're seeing on the show. So I am eating my words a little bit. Yeah, she really had me in the first half where I thought, wow, she's super controlling and she has all these boundaries that I do not think are going to come down when he gets there. For the most part, I would say that she has adjusted very healthily. Um, and he has reverted and kind of become worse because later on when uh, Brandon's mom and Mary do talk, she does say, I will talk about talk to him about these stupid video games. This has been him for a long time. So it's like she knows that he's got this video game issue. But no, I feel like Mary has matured before our eyes and is very much the more responsible one now, which I would if you had told me episode three, make a prediction. This is not where I thought we were going. Ooh, not at all. So. Uh, it's been very encouraging to see that, especially because they're about to have a kid as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I uh, would be much more worried if that was not the case. And I am glad that they have both agreed to doing therapy as a couple as well as as individuals um i think anyone could use obviously seemingly uh, brandon and mary both have things to go through uh as individuals and as a couple so glad that they have agreed to that and i just think that the while there are still their issues uh mostly on brandon's side i think that we are moving in a very positive direction overall yeah so much of that at the end of the segment Mary does apologize that she probably added a lot of strain to the relationship between Brandon and his mom uh, with everything that was going on while they were long distance. And not only did she acknowledge it, she said, yeah, that's fine. We're fine now. We're different now. So I'm cautiously optimistic. I think with the help of mom, I think this relationship could really be in a good place. Now, the next time on there, we're at the wedding, but then there's like a bug swarm happening of some sort. No, out jail. No, I've gone, gone. Will <laughs> be anywhere but there. Uh, yeah, I would cry. <laughs> like I am not someone. If, if there's a spider exoskeleton, I'm be like, oh my god. Like I didn't know spider shed. Like that is that's a big spider. Like I don't like that. But uh, a swarm of bugs like this? No, absolutely not. It was a lot. It was a lot of lot of bugs. So we'll see what's going on there. But we are about to see them get married. So that's a huge jump for them. I don't know if uh, the day of your wedding, a plague incoming is a great sign, <laughs> but it did not seem <laughs> ideal. <laughs> I mean, if you believe in like a bad omen, you could see it as such for sure. <laughs> yeah, the swarm of locusts, not ideal. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll see where they go with the next time we talk about them. But for now, let's move over to uh, Scally's favorite one half of a couple. It's Shekinah and Scally's favorite Sarper. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Okay. so overarching storyline with them. Obviously, Shekinah's sister Soraya was there for the last couple episodes. She has now left and she didn't leave with her mind changed despite Sarper seeming to do the right thing and, you know, trying to put a good 
uh, impression on Soraya doesn't leave here feeling good. And Shekinah basically says, that's BS. You're not giving him a fair chance. You're just going to go trash him for no reason. Uh, and she's annoyed that, yeah, Soraya's going to go home and tell everyone I'm dating yet another toxic man. And I thought, well, you kind of are. Yeah, so, shoe fits. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Just to go from, like, I can't believe she has this impression about you. And people can be crude. That's fine. Um, but we're in the middle of a mattress store getting a new mattress. And some of the phrases that were uttered. Uh, what were the phrases, I, was, I don't have them in my notes. Can you tell I us was, the phrases? I was blushing at them, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, look, Sarper is like, well, the couch wasn't so bad. How many times did you uh, blank on the couch? Uh, so, <laughs> and there was no blank in in the uh, sentence that was uttered in the store. So his whole thing is, you know, I feel like Shekinah was upset because of the way Shariah saw me and is not going to like give a good endorsement. It makes me happy that she took my side. So I'm going to buy her a present. And the present is something that he was already supposed to get her, which is a new bed. We find out that she's been on the couch this entire time. Now, I don't remember how long she's been there. I think maybe two weeks max. But that's still two weeks of her slumming it on the couch. And he does say, listen, even after the couch, how much did you, and I'm going to use a replacement word, I'm going to say arrive. How much did you arrive? You arrived very often. You are a total arriving uh, bitch. So um, it was a <laughs> multiple orgasmic B word. Yeah, <laughs> I was floored. <laughs> oh, my God. And he was like, you know, I, you know, I, I keep count. I keep count after every orgasm. And I was like, get a life. Man, <laughs> like, what 12. are you doing? <laughs> I was dying. Um, <laughs> uh, orgasm so hoarder. This guy. <laughs> It was so funny. Um, so you know what? At least they provided comic relief. I was floored. This <laughs> we're speaking in a mattress store. Um, but it's just like, okay, buy the mattress before we start talking about this, please. <laughs> like, like get, get out of my store. Um, <laughs> so it was a uh, you know, at least a good moment for comic relief. Yeah, I mean, it's also like it's one of those things where Shikana's clearly like, all right, can we not talk about this? Because I know you're going to say too much on camera. Because, um, you know, typically at a mattress store joke, I feel like the joke would be something along the lines of, you want to give it a test drive or something stupid? <laughs> this was a whole new level. I was like, please say you're going to test drive it. Like, that's better than right now. This is too much. <laughs> yeah, he has no boundaries at all. Uh -uh. Like every facet. Yeah. Well, his family can be pretty blunt as well because we do see. Uh, him taking Shekinah to meet uh, meet his family, his cousins, his aunt, and this is a big deal for him because he doesn't typically, you know, Sally, she is one of 2,500, but she's the one of 2,500. She oh, so gets the exclusive. Yeah, <laughs> she gets the ex exclusive meet and greet with the family, and, you know, everything seems fine, everyone's nice, and then the aunt asks, well, do you plan on having another child? And Shekinah says, no. And Sarper clearly wants a child. He asked to change the subject. We find out that a few months after Sarper and him were dating, Sarper and her were dating, she told him, uh, sorry, he told her something about his past. And that was that Sarper has a son who is about 24, 25. This is a woman, a Russian woman that he had slept with and met with who, when he was 18, 
who he didn't know at the time wanted a son, I guess. And he only knew her through email. And she emailed him and said, I'm pregnant. And in a panic, because he didn't want to get abandoned with the child, he deleted the email. And now, after five years, regretted it and cannot find her because, and I'm quoting, he does not know her number, her last name. All he has is one name, singular, first name basis only. Yeah, not ideal. I feel bad for him. I do really feel bad. Uh, Mm. First of all, being trapped in a situation where... um, he was not intending to have a child and she was now um i don't know what she did to ensure that they have a child uh i don't know depending on how severe she may have gone that is very problematic Uh, so uh big problems there now uh at you know 18 out of sight out of mind he is like uh delete and now then ends up regretting it i feel really bad that is a terrible situation to be in um i i just don't even know what he can hope for i hope that uh maybe through you know being on tv this somehow gets connected because look sarper has uh many issues (laughs) that i do not like but uh if his child is looking to get to know him then i hope they do make the connection yeah i feel like i really hope that they're able to reconnect because i feel like sarper really wants that he wants the reconciliation um however this does open the broader conversation about the two of them having a child together shekinah does not want to have a child she has a daughter we have met the daughter at this point and she mentions uh throughout the episode in different ways that that chapter of her life is closed she's ready to like live her life and she doesn't she knows that bringing a child into the her life will kind of be like starting from zero is what she said um we do see later that uh sarper goes to meet up with his parents one-on-one who we didn't see her meet the parents again we got like a quick flashback of oh yeah they met and everyone liked her uh so i was like where was this why didn't we see this anyway um sarper before we talk about his family, can we talk about them on the new bed? Please. Okay, well, before anyone gets any ideas, they don't do anything. <laughs> but Sarper brings up the whole thing about her wanting, not wanting to have a child, and he asks if mentally it's possible for her to have a child. She says, no. It's a big time thing for me. Um, I don't want to. And then Sarper does retort with, well, my family, I'm the only son. My family name would end with me. And I don't want that. And <laughs> he was like, you know, I got her this bed. I made the post, the social media post for her. And I think, you know, having a child would show her that show me that she wants me. And I was like, that is not the same. You were supposed <laughs> to buy the bed. Posting is not that big a deal. This is a life changing decision. Your life didn't change <laughs> that big when you decided to make a Insta post. This was so wild. I mean, because at first, even she's like, when you we first met, you told me you don't want children. And he says, yes, I thought you were just a one night stand. I was going to say anything I could to oh F you that night. God. I was going to do as long as I could F you that night. I was going to lie to you no matter what I had to say. And she's like, and we, how long have they been together? And we still just never even thought to bring it up one more time. 
Um, it is wild that he basically says, yeah, uh, yes, I dragged my feet kicking and screaming to post you on social media. And so now you owe me the rest of your life. Give it to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want you to carry a child and to raise a child and to like just everything about this is so wild. It's so weird to me. It's so it, like, I feel like Sarper is a caricature of a person because sometimes he'll say things. I'm like, you cannot be serious. This has to be satire. It is not. He's very deadpan serious about all this. So then when he goes to meet up with his parents one on one, it's very clear that he has some pressure from them as well, because every, the way they talk about it is they want him to give them a grandchild. They don't want him to have a child. They want him to give them a grandchild. So I feel like he has pressure from them because they really want a grandchild. And now he really wants a child as well to carry on the family name. And it's all shambles. I don't know where they're going to go here. He does say that I was thinking of proposing, but now I don't know if I want to propose, if she won't consider having a child. So he plans a romantic date for them. Okay, they're going to a bathhouse. It looks lovely. I would love the address because I would like to go. Um, And we get a confessional from Shekinah who's like, you know, I feel like we had that argument about the kids thing, but now things are moving forward. I'm happy that he brought me on this romantic date so that we can get past everything. And we don't, he hopefully doesn't bring that stuff up again. And I was like, you know exactly what he's going to do. He's buttering you up and he's going to bring the stuff up. Scally, we didn't even leave the bathhouse before the conversation started again no please we had this discussion in a mattress store where people are around let alone in a bathhouse where seemingly no one else is there mm-hmm. <laughs> like of course we're having this conversation uh yeah and she kind of brings up concerns that like she has already done this before and sophie's dad her other child it was always off working and you know promised the world and though you know sarper saying everything now she's been through it once before she doesn't want to do it again she doesn't want to start over and he cannot handle this no and like the thing is i understand in part sarper's frustration that he's being compared to her past which he can feel like is unfair because i'm not that person why is the words of that person impacting us and it's because that that's trauma friend like that's something she went through and she was told promised up and down that it was going to be different and it wasn't so naturally now the next relationship the next conversation when it's similar she cannot but go back to that place but sarper cannot understand or hear any of this and uh he then gets very mad um, cause he then says, you know, well, this feels like we were together and then you'll get bored and you'll just leave. And I was like, oh, so you're saying the baby's an anchor. Gotcha. That's not good. Um, she says she, he sounds like a spoiled brat. And then he just kind of starts ranting like a bit of a lunatic. He's like, nope, this is karma. I knew it. This is karma of the 2,500. This is karma of the 2,500. And she's like, stop talking about your disgusting numbers in front of me. I was like, you know, Sarper you're a little too loose with this word, this number in your head. I feel like you need to really just let it go. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Agreed. That's the thing. Like everyone has a past and she's accepted that and that's fine. But she's like, I don't want to be like, no, people don't want to discuss like your one X in general. Um, Not saying that like that is correct or incorrect, but many people don't. So when she's like, I don't want to discuss your 2,500 like trice that you've had in the past, like, okay, seems valid. And he brings it up like every single time that they have issues. Uh, So really not ideal there. Uh, It's just, 
his expectations are so bizarre to me because he has spent how many years, how many, you know, 2,500 different, at least hookups and never, ever wanted a child had seemed to fully accept that he would never want a child. And then now all of a sudden it is the be all end all must have absolutely. How dare you not give me a child? It's like, wait, what? Like you seemed very content on not having a child in life until uh, a month ago. You know how watching a show or watching TV or watching movies can sometimes open your mind slash remind you and make you learn about things you like, things you don't like, things that are pet peeves that you may not have known about. And then you learn sure. about it through watching shows. Um, 90 Day Fiance has taught me a little too aggressively how much I detest when couples do this thing where they don't tell each other something key to what they want until the other person is essentially in a way locked into a relationship before they're like, all right, anyway, so here's the things I want now. And I know you said you didn't, but I kind of do. And you love me a lot more now. So let's change your mind. What are you doing? How is this ever going to work? It's so bad. Um, and, And the thing is, I don't know that he even was hiding it. Like you can change your mind. That's fine. But for if it's an absolute deal breaker, then like you probably should have communicated that immediately as soon as you decided that that was the case. And- <laughs> he told <laughs> us, he told us about how he was going to, you know, say and do anything he could to have the one night stand. I think he was willing to say and do anything to have the relationship work. Yes, I agree. Please, as if I have any high opinion of Sarper. That's a joke. Um, <laughs> like, obviously, he's lying. He's lying constantly. But um, it's just like we could have communicated this earlier. You changed your mind very recently. It's very and so well. I understand that this may feel like something that you really want now. I think you also have to have a realistic expectation that you entered into a relationship with someone telling them that you had no desire for this. So um, if you decide that this is something you really want, then you have to make a choice. You don't put it on that person and Mm -hmm. be like, how dare you? Uh, You know, like you entered in here you both had those expectations and if all of the sudden your you know desires in life change or your relationship changes and it's not working out like that happens to lots of people all the time it doesn't mean that it is you know her obligation her fault like it's yours for not communicating and like you need to figure out your life that's on you absolutely and here's the sneak peek into next week's episode um, they're fighting again about this having a child thing and Sarper puts out the line. It will take me two days to forget about you, uh, insinuating that if they if she dumps him or they leave, he'll be fine because it'll take him two days for him to forget about her, which you couldn't ask to put a bigger slap in the face in someone's in front of someone when you've been bragging about how she is the one that you're like, yeah, two days, I'll be fine. OK, all right, we'll see how that goes for them. They're going to argue, Scally, every couple we've discussed so far, we've watched three episodes of, and it's been the same the whole way through. TJ and Kimberly, our final couple, is the only couple here where if we had talked about the show last week as we had initially planned, it would have all seemed fine. Rainbow, roses, good times. (laughs) But episode, the third episode, episode 19, whiplash. We're back to square one. here's the thing yes there are now a couple of issues popping up it's still much more lighthearted and fun and like this is 
silly drama rather than like oh these people should not be together like this is stuff that i still think that they can get past and compromise and figure out like how they're going to live their lives together mm-hmm. um and i'm enjoying watching the mess versus uh like just like brandon and mary like i feel like tj kimberly were uh one of the worst couples at the beginning of the season and mm-hmm. um somehow turned into one of the like fun parts of an episode in general i think the big reason behind that is that some of the nastiness is gone and some of that initial unknown is kind of solved where yash tj's brother and kimberly were butting heads in a not good way and it's her family her parents uh, his parents his family really felt like she didn't care for them and didn't want anything to do with them that has all now been debunked and after the wedding things seem to be in overall better spirits so uh the wedding we started with first of all 4 20 a.m nice um and uh kimberly's parents are leaving now after this wedding they basically did the whole wedding and now they're about to leave uh we get some sad goodbyes but everything's fine um and then kimberly and tj arrive at home at 7 a.m and there's still some rituals to go through and kimberly hasn't slept yet so she's basically zombing through the whole thing but really being a trooper and they end up skipping a couple other things but now Scally is what we've been waiting for all season where TJ had said on multiple occasions yeah there's some duties that Kimberly's going to need to follow through with that I'm not going to tell her until you know she's comfortable and ready essentially being like I don't want to tell her because we don't want to fight now is the time to get through those now yeah look honestly I had very low expectations of like what Kimberly would accept uh, and be willing to bend on so when she is getting home still not having slept over 24 hours later and is still willing to like jump into more rituals go ahead and like learn new things I was like all right I'm impressed I'm happy I'm glad that she is doing this Um, and I will say that did extend into her having these conversations about uh, a role that she was unaware that she would be taking on. Um, I think that she handled that blindside a lot better than uh, I would have. I will say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like ultimately here, once the duties start getting pushed out, the big interesting thing to me was the fact that after some kind of yada yada through this, but yash and uh tj and yash's mom were there and we're talking about some of the duties she's gonna have including you know uh dishes and so she said well i think dishes should be done by the person who's not cooking and she made a whole thing about like she hates dishes everyone's mouths have been on it and there's so much food to like clean i was like you're a rookie dishes are my favorite part uh because i get to just listen to music and do my own thing uh but listen not for everybody i fully understand that now however uh, when they talk about it later, Kimberly says, hey, um, I listen, I'm not mad at you, but why didn't you just tell me this earlier? Because I'd asked about it and I thought, holy crap, the one thing that I've been irritated about is that she's not asked and he's kept it a secret. Turns out she did ask and he lied. That's way worse to me. Yeah, it's so much worse. <laughs> um uh especially because i mean many other couples i think there are bigger secrets that are being kept and not communicated but Mm -hmm. um i don't know this is a whole lifestyle change like i'm not going to find out that i am uh all of a sudden taking care of an entire household and just like signing up oh yeah no problem i didn't know that and i'm totally fine with the fact that you hid that from me on purpose uh it seems like Kimberly is saying like, look, this is okay. I just wish that you had told me before. Um, And so uh, again, 
not the reaction I expected. I expected this to go much more poorly. Yeah, I did as well, but it really felt like Kimberly was very willing to just be like, you know what? Let's try it. Let's adapt. Let's see how it goes. And she said, basically, I would have liked to know just so I could brace myself rather than get everything thrown at me at once. But I think I can overcome it. It'll be fine. Now, everything's good so far, right? Everything's great. We're happy. They're happy. Seems like they're going to be fine. Now, TJ and Yash are helping set up the apartment with her. And she's very happy that Yash is there helping. And she says that, you know, they've laid down some rules. I want to show respect and care and try to do these. But then TJ says, all right, I'm going to peace out. I'm going to give her time with my family to go through all these things for the first time. And I thought, TJ, you are an idiot. For the first time, you should be there. But whatever. Um, Now, this is where things go sideways. Because Kimberly is shocked that they are um, doing a ritual in the kitchen that includes uh, lighting some cow, uh, cow dung cake up. And then also putting some cow urine around and she doesn't understand what's going on. And Yash explains to the best of his abilities that, you know, cows are holy. They're God. And she was like, well, I get that. But why are we doing this? He's like, well, they have some, has some like, good property. So it's good. This is all good. And she's like, I don't want my house to smell like a petting zoo. And then the big deal breaker for her was uh, their mom ends up wiping the table to like clean the table that the cow dung was on with a rag and then uses that same rag to clean the walk and she was like absolutely not TJ TJ <laughs> so TJ comes in and she explains what happened and then TJ confronts his mom and says she's right you shouldn't do that and the mom's not getting irritated she's like, why is she getting angry so much why is she causing so much drama and ultimately she says listen I love TJ's culture but I'm not about the family overpowering me in my own home purifying with cow dung is not going to happen again. We're going to do things my way in my house. And all I wrote in my notes, Gally, was, yeah, good luck with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I don't think that's going to happen. This is clearly a big part of their ritual, big part of their religion, big part of their culture. And you are not going to be able to just wipe that down because, oh, onions and garlic smell better. Why are we lighting this? He's like, <laughs> like, you don't get it. That's cool. But I don't think you're going to get what you want out of this situation at all. Yeah, I think that like, okay, there are compromises that can be made. Like when TJ comes in and he's like, no, mom, actually, Kimberly is correct. Uh, like, let's maybe go ahead and use two different rags. Like, that's a fine compromise. Um, I think we can manage that. But uh, I think that she is going to be mistaken if she thinks that she is going to be all of the sudden changing uh like culture and practices and you know, uh, many things that I think that she is going to have to compromise on. and. Uh, I would be more concerned like five episodes ago here. I think that there's going to be some level of compromise that can happen. Well, I feel like the family has shown some compromise, but, you know, skipping a couple of the rituals when they came from mm-hmm. the wedding and everything, this part, I don't know. I like, I'm not very well versed in the religion, so I don't know how key this is and how, you know, mandatory versus complimentary some of these rituals are and whether or not they're going to be willing or able to stop this so we'll see where it goes i just have a suspicious feeling that it's not going to go well but let's not say that when we have no reason to because they are not on the next time on so for now we're safe (laughs) exactly yeah everyone gets a little bit of time off and that's okay i'm sure they'll be back and Look, usually I was dreading, like I said, but uh, I have like a little bit of hope. Is that so bad? (laughs) 
No, I think hope is very important. I think being optimistic is important, especially when watching 90 Day, because if we came in doom and gloom, a lot of this would be yeah. way more. One of the few couples that I'm not like actively rooting against. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I'm like, okay, this could work. I could see it. It's cute. Yeah. Well, just like that, Scally, in about an hour, we have completed the recap of three whole episodes. Thank you so much for coming on with me and talking about this wild wild show that doesn't have an end in sight um let the people know where can they find you what are the projects you have going on at the moment oh no thank you for having me uh if people want to hear more i'm on twitter at brian underscore scally i'm on twitch at twitch.tv slash b scally myself and matt Lagori are talking about the challenge 39 over on the free agents podcast so that's been a ton of fun also covering uh this season of love island games with kirsten she just got back and we got to break down week two and anything else i'm doing will be on twitter there we go. Thank you so much. Y'all can find me on Twitter at Puya. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. That's where I am when I am not podcasting. Come through, say hi. I've been very busy there, very fun. Would love to see you there. Um, like Scally said, Traders Canada, exit interviews. We've been having a good time with those. Mass Singer, Liana and I will be back to talk about Group C one more time this week before all the finales begin. And uh, also, I was on the uh, postseason slop with Robin Jenny this week. If you are itching for some more Big Brother stuff, and you are a patron, uh, you can find me there and check out what happened over there. Thank you so much for listening. Also, yeah, by the way, the incredible Sasha Joseph was with me to talk about 90 Day Proper this week. We have completed the recap. We are now fully caught up with the other way. We'll be back in two weeks to talk about episodes 20 and 21. Thank you so much for your time. We hope you have a great weekend. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. How many days are you going to wait before it's time? Done.